This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey there, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim. I'm a small animal veterinarian and crazy cat lover. Today, I have a guest with me that has been a guest before, kind of close to my heart, um, and her name is Arden Moore, and she is a cat expert and all-around cat advocate. We're going to talk with Arden about what she's doing now and also some advice about adopting a cat or a kitten. So we'll be right back with Arden Moore after a quick break. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I have Arden Moore with me. Hi, Arden. Hey, big paws up, Dr. Cat. Hey, it's wonderful to talk to you. In case any of my listeners have not heard you as a guest before, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I wear a lot of collars in the pet world. I have written over two dozen dog and cat books. I host two shows. I am a fear-free certified speaker. And near and dear to my heart is that I have a dynamic duo, pet safety dog, Kona, and pet safety cat, Casey, an orange tabby. And we teach veterinary approved pet first aid classes in person via Zoom all over the world. That's meavulous. So I know that you've written lots of books and um, some of them I specifically love because you thanked me in a couple of minutes. So I think that you're an excellent resource for the topic I wanted to talk about today. And that is adopting a cat or a kitten. Now, I know that most of my listeners here on Nine Lives are probably not first-time cat adopters, but maybe they are. But I kind of wanted to talk about if I thought I wanted to, to adopt a cat or a kitten and I wasn't me, how would you advise me? Where would I start? Well, you have a lot of avenues and you really have to first do an honest self-assessment of yourself your surroundings, your lifestyle, you know, do you have other pets? Are you bringing in just a solo cat? There's like a little checklist and it's okay because if you all think about it, we, as Dr. Marty Becker used to say, when you get a cat, think about this. You may have that cat longer than your job, than your car, maybe where you're living and oops, maybe even (laughs) your partner in life may change. But the one constant tends to be the cat. So be 
selective, be choosy and pick with a purpose. And doing that honest, I think, self-assessment is a good way to get off on the right paw. I agree completely. I think people forget that a cat can live to be 21 or, or so. I don't I don't even remember how old the oldest cat was. I know the oldest one I've ever treated was 21. Wow. And if you look at your life, yeah. um, you know, where am I going to be in 20 years? Yeah, I just don't know. So maybe I would want to adopt a senior cat. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm like many of you out there. I have adopted kittens. I have adopted young adult cats and I have adopted seniors. We had a cat in our neighborhood here in Dallas. He's a fluffy black and white tuxedo cat, neighborhood cat. We, I'm new to the neighborhood, been there a few years now, but this cat was obviously someone's cat at one point, and we were able to get him uh, microchipped, get his ear tipped to make sure people know he's a community cat and get his vaccinations. And Dr. Cat, we would walk our dogs and Baxter would pop out of the bushes and walk with us and our dogs. He was clearly saying, I really don't like living outside. And the winters in Texas, believe it or not, are starting to get colder. And a few years ago, we brought him in. He was, we guess, maybe nine or 10 at the time. He's now 12. He is living the life. He loves being indoors. He's acclimated to our pets. And you know, the one thing good about a senior cat, you kind of know their personality. They're, they're not changing. They're not Jekyll and hiding you. You know, what you see is what you get. So that's one of the benefits. And I give a big pause up to anybody that will adopt a senior cat because there are some cats in shelters due to circumstances beyond their control. Maybe their favorite person passed away or had to go to a nursing home and they couldn't have the kitty with them. So these are cats that have predictable personalities and they will be grateful to being indoors. So that's my Baxter tale. So, so definitely consider a senior cat. So if you think about your life, you know, you want a feline in it and you, and you think about how, how long the commitment might be for you and what your limitations are, then where do you start? I want to talk a little bit about cat cafes. Have you been to a cat cafe? Oh, yeah. I've probably been to cat cafes in about seven cities. Whenever I travel, I always check to see if there is a cat cafe. They actually have one now in Dallas. It's a new one. But I've been to ones in New York and in California and uh, other places. Cat cafes, you're right, Dr. Cat. They're a great place to meet cats. For those people that may not know how they're set up, typically you go in and you have to fill out a little paperwork and they also charge an admission because that's how they keep the doors open. But inside you can have a, a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, and typically the cat cafes are set up so they have cat furniture and other things so the cats and you get to mingle together or you just sit and watch the kitties and they're often working with cat rescue groups and cat shelters and these are opportunities for cats to be not at a shelter but in a fun cozy venue like a cafe where you get to see how they act in a living space environment and I think that's a, a good option for people thinking about adopting a cat. 
I agree. We have a local one called the Naughty Cat Cafe. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, and cute. they have adopted, I think they've adopted out 1,200 cats or so. I mean, something very noteworthy. So you might think, gosh, I'm going to call the shelter or I'm going to go to a shelter. And I think most people are familiar with how shelters work. And, and maybe they have a room where you could spend time with the cat. I think what you're saying is maybe get to know the cat yeah. and who the cat is and does it fit with you? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, like in a cafe, cat cafe setting like you're speaking of, there's furniture like would be in a home. And you can tell, is this the cat that wants to sit on my lap? Is this the cat that just wants to sit at the end of the sofa next to me? How friendly are they? How do they acclimate in an environment with other pets? So I like cat cafes because these pets have been checked out health-wise, so they don't have kitty cooties. And they're getting a chance to acclimate in a real home-like setting so that when you do bring them home versus just being in a, a shelter environment all the time, you're giving cats the opportunity to adapt and to be all right in a home setting. So I also want to um, kind of talk a little bit about purebred cats and breeders. And if you wanted to adopt a purebred cat, maybe what some of your questions might be for a knowledgeable breeder. What do you think? Yeah, in fact, there's two big registries out there, everyone. They're called TICA and CFA. TICA is the International Cat Association, and CFA is Cat Fancier Association. They've both been around a long time. These are the groups that actually have responsible cat breeders. I think, I don't know, Dr. Cat, there's only like 40, 50 some recognized cat breeds, if I'm right. Uh, most cats are mutt cats, but you know, they take the time to be able to vet out these uh, breeders to make sure they're not backyard breeders. They have cat shows where you can go and learn. Did you always want one of those big old Maine Coons, the gentle giant? Have you always been wanting maybe uh, Abyssinian or do you like the yappy yappy uh, Siamese? I encourage you all to go to cat shows in your areas and get to know these breeds and the people there are so great about explaining things. And what I also like is they also have house cats. So these are mutt cats that are also trying to get a blue ribbon or whatever. And so they work with local rescues and shelters and have some of those cats up for adoption as well. But you really need to know your lifestyle. I mean, we call the Maine Coon, the Maine Coon is like a big old mellow bean and, and, and is cool in a loud, crazy home environment versus if you got, say, a ragdoll or a Persian. Persians, are I call them the library cats. They tend to be very quiet and really like mellow, predictable home lives. So if you got screaming kids, I don't think I would be getting you a Persian. And you could ask the breeder too, because yeah. I think reputable breeders want their cats to have a happy forever after. So, um, yeah, I always say people ask me about breeders and I always say the best breeders are the ones that tell you to see your veterinarian. So, so that's my pitch. Yeah. Good breeders work with veterinarians because just, you know, there are certain diseases that can happen in cats, like in dogs. And years ago, I was the editor of Catnip Magazine through Tufts University and every other year I would attend, they had a biannual, I think that's the right word, genetic conference where they would take leading veterinarians meeting with reputable breeders 
talking about things that they could do with breeding, responsible breeding to deal with some maybe genetic disorders that pop up in cats. And I loved it because it was both sides working together. I agree completely. Well, so we've touched on a little bit. You've touched on temperament, like the calm and quiet Persian and, you know, just certain things. I know Bengals are really busy and beautiful, (laughs) but there are some other considerations about the individual cat that you might consider when you're cat adopting, maybe like coat type or gender. Do you have, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah. I mean, everybody has opinions, but I've had cats all my life since I had my first Siamese cat named Corky that would go swimming with our two dogs. Their names were Crackers and Peppy in our backyard lake in Crown Point, Indiana. So I've had never been without a cat, but I've had purebreds and mutt cats. I prefer a short haired cat. Yes, they do shed, but they don't tend to get mats. There are, now we have the beautiful, fluffy, Baxter, he's a black and white, and I have to spend more time grooming him, but that's all right. That's that's we invest in that. But then some breeds don't have hair. We're talking like the Spinks, but they do have oily coats. So you have to be ready for that. And these kitty cats are snuggle bugs because they need your human heat or a safe heating pad to keep their bodies warm. Okay, I love those cats. But I do want to, and they're one of my favorites, but I do want to mention, if you have someone in your home that is allergic to cats, getting a hairless cat does not help because the allergen is a protein that lives on the skin and in the saliva and in the urine. So if you're thinking I'm allergic, but I'll just get a naked cat, um, that will not work. A naked cat? (laughs) Is that a cat without a collar? Isn't it the FL... Three FLV. What is the spit? Oh gosh, I don't know. I but I I do have some cat allergies, so I have an allergist that works with me. And I remember I sent him a picture of a hairless cat because he relies on me for animal comic relief. I think, but I sent him a picture of this hairless cat that I just adored, and I said, "So will I be allergic to this one?" And he said, "Wow, that's a face only a mother can love." <laughs> I was so offended. <laughs> Well, you brought up a good point. People think the hairless cats, you say it, and I'm glad you did. It's their saliva and and it's in, you know, that form that is the fancy term that could make you go achoo. So just because you have a short hair doesn't mean it. But like you, I know a lot of veterinarians who have cat allergies and they're amazing practicing veterinarians because you can take something to deal with your allergies. Yes, I definitely have accommodations and I have a good relationship with my allergist. So, okay, well, I want to take a quick break, but there's a lot of other stuff that I still want to talk about for my listeners that might be considering adopting a kitten, cat, or senior cat. So we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E. 
T-R-A-Y dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. Art and Moore, our cat advocate, and I are discussing adopting a cat, kitten, or senior cat, and some of the things that you might want to look for, consider, and so on. So, Arden, let's talk about the expense of having a cat. Yes, there is no such cat who's free. Even if you get the cat or you find the cat abandoned on the streets like I've done in my, there is no free cat, everyone. No free cat. So budget, budget, including your family budget, veterinary care, food, and of course, toys and treats for that fine feline that is now a member of your family. They need regular care. And think about it. They age so much quicker than you and I do. You know, if you got a cat that lives to be 20, that's pretty amazing. But in a cat's years, they're over 100 or close to it in human years. So I'm a big advocate of twice a year wellness exams at your veterinarian, no matter what age your cat is, because of two factors. They age rapidly. And unlike dogs who win Oscars for emoting emotions, even if they're not, you know, Oh, I hurt my left paw. Oh, no, no, it's my right paw because they want attention. Cats, because they're both prey and predator, they're like, no, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just going to hide a little bit. And they have a serious issue that needs to be addressed. So do your cat a big, solid favor and make sure they get checked head to toe twice a year by veterinarians so you can catch things early, maybe at less cost and extend the life of your feline friend. And have the cat not suffer silently. So that, that's kind of my soapbox is the cat will hide it, high dental pain or, or high until you notice it. And once you notice it, it's, it's pretty progressed. So yes, that is an excellent point. What about um, like people think that cats don't, don't need the vet, don't need, um, don't need anything, you know, but if you're going to adopt a cat, don't you need to think about what about when I travel? Do I need a pet sitter? Do I need a, you know, what about some of those things? Well, I don't know if you even know this, Dr. Cat, but for the last nine years, I have been the editor of the digital quarterly magazine for the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. The group is called NAPS. It sounds like a cat nap, but it's N-A-P-P-S. And they and the other organization, Pet Sitters International, what I like about those two groups is that they consist of professional pet sitters, not the kid next door, who ha- are licensed and bonded and insured, and they have to go through ongoing um, education for continuing education classes. I mean, think about it. You are going to go on a trip. Thank goodness COVID's in the back window. And you're leaving your kitty at home or you're going to board them. But let's say you're leaving the kitty at home. They love you. They cannot deal with you just having someone once a day throw some food in there and scoop the litter box. That's not good for their psyche. And you're going to leave your house if you want to go cheap and just get somebody to come in and do it. 
What if they left the water running or the gas on the stove open or some other thing happened? The nice thing about hiring a professional pet sitter is they're trained for these kinds of issues and they're insured. You know, your house and your cat, to me, are your most priceless assets. I did not know that you are a part of that. I mean, I set you up with a great question and I didn't even know it. So, okay, we've talked about that and we've talked about traveling, but I think that there are some considerations that I know you agree about setting up an environment to be the maximum healthy for your cat. Can you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, you may not win Martha Stewart's decor awards if you have a cat or a dog or other pets in your house, but who cares? You are wanting to provide an enriched environment for that pet. Work their noodle. You know, cats don't just sleep all day out of choice. Some cats are just bored. We have a 19-year-old cat, Mikey. He's a black kitty, and he still plays with a little bit of a, you know, you have the feather wand toy. It's moved very slowly on the ground level, and maybe his playtime is only two minutes, but so be it. He goes and takes a nap and he's thinking about the hunt of the feather wand. And that is adding to his mental enrichment. We have two cat trees. They're kind of like jungle gyms that we put together. So it made it even bigger and they can fly in and out on all the nooks and crannies. And the best thing we ever did, instead of a patio, we have a petio where we asked our contractor to put in an enclosed patio and we have a cat tree in there. We have a dog orthopedic bed. We have some chairs. We have a TV. And we go and take these little things called snuffle mats. They look like the old shag carpet. And one mat has, we sprinkle some cat treats for our kitties and the other mat for our two dogs. And then we turn on the TV, listen to music or something. And we're all in this enclosed patio where the cat gets to look, hear, smell the outdoors safely. I love it. Okay, next question and thing I hear about a lot. What about litter boxes? Personally, you need them. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Arden. <laughs> you know, people say, oh, you know, there's two sides of the coin. I have dogs and cats. That means my doggies, Kona and Emma, I have to take them for walks and I have to have them in our enclosed backyard so they can do their doo-doo. And we have four cats and they have litter boxes in the house. But we scoop the litter boxes out every day and no one comes in our house and says, oh, oh, you have cats. So is it a pain in the tail to have to keep the litter boxes clean? Yes, but it's part of owner responsibility. And you definitely need to have one litter box per cat plus one, ideally in different locations. So one cat can't be a bully and jump on the other cat when they're doing their business. And there's a zillion kinds of litters. You need to pick the one your cat likes. But please do not get scented litter. Do not plug in one of those air fresheners next to the litter box because cats don't like those smells and they may boycott the litter box. Yes, those smells are strong to us. Think about how they seem to a cat. So, okay, right. that brings me to my next question for you. Okay, so you want the litter box to be safe, right? Yeah. But you also want to have safe spaces in your home, right? Okay, you mean for the kitties to hang to or what? Well, I mean, I, I don't mean for me. <laughs> I need a safe space. But yeah, like for, for the kitties to like 
have a place to retreat, maybe away from the dogs or, or whatever, like a, like a cat place. Exactly. I mean, or if you have guests over and your kitty is really bonded with the whole family, uh-oh, doorbell, someone comes in, stranger danger. Well, you need to have a place for the kitty to feel safe and not be interrupted by the, the house guests. So yes, there's little, you know, the nice thing about cats is they can jump the height of a giraffe. So if you even have something in the corner mounted up, even in a small apartment, cats are vertical. You can do something that has a little cozy place of perch for the kitty that's out of the dog and other people's reach, and they can survey safely and still get in a catnap. And we know catnaps are very important. Yes. I wish yes. I, I could have more Okay. Catnaps. So we've talked about picking a cat, thinking about how long they're going to be here. I was going to ask you about kittens, if we could talk about kittens. Oh, yeah. Let's do kittens. You know, we look at kittens and come on, you've adopted kittens. I've adopted kittens. And there's a magic moment. Oh my gosh, this kitten fits in my hand. But you know, I'm talking to you, Dr. Cat, you know this, but people may be surprised that a kitten will triple, even quadruple their body weight in less than six months because they're weighing just a few ounces at birth and they could be up to five to six pounds by age six months. Four years ago, we brought home Rusty the Performer. He was a six, seven month old kitten from Samantha Martin of the Amazing Acro Cats. He was born, found in a dumpster in Georgia as an orphan kitty. So he didn't get mama's milk. She bottle fed him. She even had to use one of those warming areas for him. And when I was at a conference, she said, please take him home because I have too many orange tabbies in my circus cat act. So I brought home a six, seven month old kitten. And I got to tell you all, I forgot. Now you get reminded the first year of a cat's life. I call it the wonder year because you wonder where your sanity has gone. These are cray crays. Their brain is forming. They're full of energy. They're investigative. You know, my poor dog Kona was like, get away, get away from me because little Rusty wanted to jump on Kona and ride him like a horse. And they're just full of energy. And it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. It is a bit exhausting. Yes. So, I mean, I guess we, we want to think about that too. Be ready for, for what a kitten and kittenhood yeah. entails. But it's also the perfect time because we're both fear-free certified professionals. It's the great time to expose them to a lot of things because they do go through fear periods as they get to before their first birthday. And you want them to not be this scared little cat. You want them to be exposed and rewarded in a positive way so that they grow up as confident cats. I mean, Casey my first aid cat, he's been to 15 states by car and plane for me to teach classes. And I joke that he's never met a stranger or been in a strange place because I've acclimated him since the day I brought him home when he was four months old. He's now nine. And so we can do a solid for our kittens by getting them exposed to sights and sounds. I mean, there's a lot of things out there. If you got an outgoing cat, there's adventure cat groups and, you know, hiking with your cat, you know, other things, but it's a good time to be a cat now. I agree. After COVID, which you mentioned, COVID in the rear view mirror, after COVID, I saw a lot of socialization issues yeah, with people that adopted did. kittens and couldn't get out and expose them. So don't assume that your cat 
can never go anywhere and never do anything. Look at her cat. He goes and does everything. So yes. Okay. So the last thing that I wanted to cover before I let you go, and it's it's a controversial thing. What about food? How do you decide what kind of food? I know you're laughing because I know why you're laughing. This is controversial, but how do you pick a food, do you think? Right. For many, many years, I've been the nutrition columnist for Catster Magazine. So I get to interview veterinary nutritionists and holistic veterinarians and integrative veterinarians. And I will tell you this, when it comes to food, talking about that topic, it's very controversial. It's like talking religion and politics at the same time. I jokingly say you're going to look for a food fight. So how do you avoid the food fight? All cats, all cats of all ages need genuine quality protein as their first ingredient. There is some groups that can help you all out there. The American Association of Feline Practitioners, it's all cat veterinarians. Go to catvets.com. They have a whole policy set up about nutrition, what to look for. There are two veterinary nutritional sites that I could recommend you check out. One is called balanceit.com and the other one is petdiets.com. Just when you're picking a food for your cat, don't pick them the food that you would eat. What if you are a pescatarian, only eat fish, or you're a vegetarian, or you're a vegan? That's not good for the carnivore cat. So you really need to know that their way they're built is different than us. They do need recognized real quality proteins. And people talk about grains. And I don't think they're the criminal that people think they are. The real bad villain is corn because undigested corn can lead to weight gain, can cause um, diabetes and a whole bunch of things. But I'm not the veterinarian. You can weigh in on that one, Dr. Cat. You know, I think that I can and I do, but I think that we just have to be cautious that marketing plays a role yes. in the things that we think we learn about pet food. So so it's a fad, right? Grain-free was a fad. Not that there's necessarily something innately wrong with grain-free, but be cautious of anything that's that's trendy. Just ask your veterinarian because trends come and go, right? Yeah. And the other thing is you got to expose your cat and kittens safely to a variety of foods, textures, substrates, flavors, because let's say they get older and they have a health issue and they have to be on a certain, maybe a therapeutic diet and it's only in one flavor and the cat hates it. So gradually it's called the thirds, one third, one third, one third, you know, introduce all kinds of foods in different ways, quality foods, of course, to your kitty cat, get them to really like water. Maybe you need a pet fountain, but make that pet fountain quiet because cats have great ears. You don't want to scare them with the noise, the vibrations. But I'm a big fan of exposing them to different types of quality foods and flavors. Me too. I love that good advice. And I have learned that I want pet fountains that have parts that can be put in the dishwasher. <laughs> yes, it makes it easier. <laughs> just a little side note that I have learned. Well, <laughs> this has been really fun. And I feel like we laid out a lot of helpful information for my listeners that are maybe considering adopting a cat, kitten, or adult cat. Don't forget the senior cats too. Thank you so much for being willing to talk with me today. Oh, no problem. Anytime, Dr. Cat. Well, I also want to thank my uh, meowsing producer, Mark Winter. 
because he keeps this show fun and um, easy for me. And I want all of my listeners to go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.